Hey guys, we're going to be doing things a little different this week. We have an interview we recorded earlier this week with W Series Academy driver Bianca Bustamante, friend of the podcast. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about her race weekend and what she thinks of the Miami new track. And then later in the episode, we'll do a general discussion about the rest of the season and the way me and Arfat think the race went. So stick with us and you'll get to hear our thoughts on the weekend a little later. But first, here's Bianca. Hello, I'm Arafat, I'm in the UK. And I'm Mohammed, and I'm in the US. And you're listening to Slow Pit Stop. Hello and welcome back to Slow Pit Stop. We are back after a little break. We didn't get to talk to you guys about the Emilia, Romagna, Imola, Senna Grand Prix two weeks ago, but... We're here, we both watched Miami, we're very excited, and we have with us an incredible guest, you might recognize her from, she was on last season, a W Series driver now, Bianca Bustamante from the Philippines, we're all very excited, how are you doing Bianca? I'm doing amazing, I'm in, I'm in Indianapolis right now actually, I just finished the Miami weekend and it was amazing, I can't believe I witnessed all of it in front of my own eyes. <laughs> yeah, so... For those of you who don't remember Bianca from last season, Bianca is a karting drive was a karting driver from the Philippines. She was a little bit of a racing prodigy, a three-time karting driver of the year, two-time Asian Junior Karting Open Champion, and a four-time China Grand Prix Kart Scholarship winner. Uh, so she was with us last time because she was testing for a Formula Four car uh, in or getting ready to test in France. But then life kind of took a little bit of a turn, and now she's a W Series driver in a Formula 3 car. Bianca, what happened between the last time you spoke to us and you coming to Miami and and driving as a W Series driver? A lot has happened, that's for sure. Um, As everyone knows, I kind of bursted out as being one of the few people that was selected for the Girls on Track Harvey Drivers Academy um, for the shootout, but unfortunately I wasn't able to continue in that path in my career. You know, uh, but it doesn't mean that I was rejected only because I was redirected for something else, which is mm-hmm. for the W series. And it's amazing that I got this opportunity to be able to be racing with them for not only a year, but for two years. And I'm really happy with how things turned out. And it taught me a lot of lessons. And now we're here. What was your reaction when you got the call uh, that you had been successful in your other tests after the Formula 4 thing and that you were actually going to be driving for W Series? Yeah, so I got a call that they were inviting me over to Arizona for a shootout, you know, nothing Mm -hmm. permanent, you know, just to see how you are, how you drive and how well you work with a team. And uh, I went there uh, with little to no experience. I've only been driving the car, the F4 car for about a day or two. So I was the least experienced driver in that shootout and immediately mm-hmm. I felt like so much pressure because I don't know what I was doing to be honest. Like seeing all those girls, they've had such like vast experience. They've been racing Formula 3, F4 and I came straight out of karting. So that was a bit difficult for me to, you know, to to progress and to show confidence, but it turned out perfectly amazing. And I came out as one of the fastest drivers from that shootout. And I was invited over to Barcelona for the preseason test with W Series. And yet another obstacle that I had to overcome. Because this time around, we were driving the Formula 3 car, which I've never driven before. 
So it was definitely another tough part. <laughs> Bianca, it's Arafat here. I just wanted to ask, what's your training been like? Mohammed and I were joking just before we started recording that, you know, even now you're at the gym and I'm sat here eating ice cream and Mohammed is lying in bed <laughs> and you're working so hard. You're, you're in the gym right now. So how has your training changed since moving from carts to W Series this year? That's the thing, like coming out from karting, I realized that there's a lot more to it than just driving around. And I'm here actually in Pit Fit in Indianapolis where most indie drivers train. Uh, they've taught me a lot and how to work on my own, my muscles. You know, there's different type of muscles that perform really well while driving. And now I'm learning every each and of those. And I'm doing a lot better. I'm working out a lot doing the right things, working out the right stuff, doing lots of your cognitive training as well to work on my reaction, my fearful vision, and everything that requires to be a racing driver, which was something that was so not new to me. And so it, it's tough. It's honestly so tough. Like living the life of this, of a racing driver, it's not easy. <laughs> you know, speaking of Indianapolis, you also signed uh, to race with a uh, racing team in the uh, the first rep, the first step to um, the Indy series, uh, the, the USF, I, I believe it's called. I, Indy, it's, it's like the first step before Indy Lights. I apologize, I can't USF remember the name juniors, of it. USF juniors, yeah. USF juniors, and you just raced with them uh, a week or a week and a half before Miami. So, but th- those are Formula Four cars. So, how is that different to yes. racing in Miami? Who well, uh, I've had the craziest three weeks of my life. <laughs> yeah. I had I experienced my very first race weekend. Two mm-hmm. weeks ago, and then the following race weekend, I had another round with the USF Juniors, and then after that, I went straight to Miami. Mm-hmm. So I had three back-to-back race weekends. So yeah. that was extremely fun. I experienced like so many new things, especially with the USF Juniors. I was driving a Formula Four car, and we were mm-hmm. doing a rolling start compared to the standing start that uh. normally is done in the FIA races. So I had to learn so many things in such a short amount of time. And at, at first, I was like so overwhelmed that I have no idea what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's like yeah. the first thing that came into my mind when I sat in that car. I was like, man, <laughs> I, huh. what am I going to do? But in the end, I got the hang of it. You know, I, I learned a lot. I listened to my coaches and everyone that was um, helping me out. They were teaching me how to do this and that. So, and then, you know, like, like for me, USF Juniors was sort of like a training ground in preparation for Miami. So when Miami came, it was a whole new level. I was just stunned by like the competitiveness that I was experiencing. Like I went, I I went there and I saw Jamie Chadwick, Alice Mm -hmm. Powell, and then we all drove together, went out for my first session. And my visit Miami was a street track. Yeah. Racing an F3 car in a street circuit was definitely a bit too difficult. <laughs> it, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy getting up to speed, trusting the car, you know, driving so close to the wall. Like, mm-hmm. it's an amazing feeling, but it's a lot to learn. But, I mean, you, you handled it really well because going into the, <laughs> into the race, you know, something that I didn't realize, but, I, you know, I was listening to the commentary on Sky Sports for the race one. And Naomi Schiff was saying that, oh, you know, these cars are tricky to handle. They're not easy. The clutch is a little finicky. And, you know, right on that start, you saw 
Nerea Marty, who was on pole position, just failed to get off the line. Two other drivers failed to get off the line. But you had a great start. And I'm really surprised hearing that you didn't get to practice that in uh, no. your, your indie race. Yeah, but you, you had an incredible start and you, you know, you sent it into turn one. You're the last of the late breakers. You're the Daniel Ricardo of W Series. You passed three <laughs> other people. You went up four positions. It was really great. So how, okay, talk, talk me through that start uh, and really in both races because you, you pulled the same move off, you know, back to back. You know, is that something you had practiced before? Is that just your normal karting style that you've now brought to that Formula 3? That's actually one of, like, I, I love talking about it because it was such a roller coaster weekend for us. Yeah. Um, so during practice, after after a session, we were supposed to do um, a stand a practice start. So we mm -hmm. would line up in the grid, do a standing start. But unfortunately, we, we weren't able to do that due to a red flag. So we were sent back to the pits and they canceled our, our practice starts. So I came into that race one with zero knowledge and how to even do it like i went there and my race engineer was on the on the radio with me telling me what to do stay calm and all of that but mm -hmm. even though that there's someone guiding you through it it's such a weird experience mm -hmm. having to do it for the first time on your all like all on your own like it's a race so yeah. obviously stalling is the worst thing that can ever yeah. happen to you and in my head, I was just thinking, don't stall, don't stall, don't stall. And 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 I was like just panicking. I was so nervous because yeah. I didn't want to be embarrassed. Like there were so many people watching and stalling is one of the like heartbreaking moments in, yeah. in racing. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to listen. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to think through my head what I'm going to do. Make sure mm -hmm. that I heat my tires up really good during the opening lap. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm in the formation lap, you know, make sure I warm it up so I have mm -hmm. very good grip and I won't wheel spin. And, you know, just a lot of preparation, a lot of talking to myself, calming myself down. And then when we got to the last corners, I did a few burnouts, mm -hmm. make sure my time was, my tire was really warm. Mm -hmm. I made it to my grid position. And then there's this moment once you're all just lined up where like everything goes silent. And yeah. you can't hear anything. There's like yeah. the engine is quiet. The lights are the lights are all red, and it's just mm -hmm. like a moment where you just panic so much because you're not doing anything. You're just sitting there waiting, 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 and yeah. like anticipating for everything that can possibly happen. So I was just like saying, "Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. Just drive." And and so when the the lights started, you know, like it goes from one, two, three, and then lights off. Yeah. I, I was like, okay, do I, so do I like push, like, do I initiate like the throttle now or do I do this or do I do that? And then, so when I got there, I just, you know, I slammed the gas full throttle. And then they told me that I shouldn't be holding on to the clutch for too long because the mm -hmm. clutch of this car is not amazing. That's mm -hmm. one of the reasons that Naria Marti and the other um, w Series drivers stalled was because they were trying to get to the biting point of the clutch mm -hmm. and then their engines died unfortunately because of that because the clutch is not very good with the car so mm -hmm. for me I just dumped it you know just slammed it I was like I don't care I'm just gonna go head on <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna like rail it I don't care <laughs> yeah. just because it was my first time so I dumped it and then it, surprisingly I was very good my start was really good you know because like after the race we could get to compare the reaction time mm -hmm. or of the of the release of the clutch and and I was one of the best wow. I had one of the best starts in, in the grid um, mm -hmm. when we look through the data so 
I was really impressed. I was like, oh wow, it's honestly such a great feeling that yeah. I able I was able to do my first ever start, you know, successfully. Yeah. And there's like, and I guess one of the things that helped me was trying to stay calm and mentally in my head mm-hmm. I was just thinking that I'm sort of like a spring being compressed, compressed, mm-hmm. and then when the lights turned off. I can just let go and release everything. Yeah. And that's sort of what happened. That's why I had such a, a fun start. Where, where <laughs> is the clutch? Is it a hand pedal or is it a foot one? It's a foot pedal. It's a, The clutch is uh, on the on the, on the the left side of um, the pedal. So yeah. we don't have the one that Formula One has. <laughs> and you're shifting. Is it paddles or is it a stick as well? Yes, it's paddle. Right. Paddle shift. That's cool. Well, I'm just, I'm, the bit that I love about this is, you know, you were talking about the start there and the clutch and stuff like that. And Muhammad is American. So the idea of a manual <laughs> oh, or stick shift no. car. <laughs> so, yeah, I Muhammad, literally don't know what a clutch yeah. is. It's like a purse, right? A clutch is a purse. <laughs> <laughs> so when Muhammad visited the UK, I let him drive my car. And uh, it was interesting oh. watching him trying to find the bite point. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think I. I don't think I got the car out of first gear. I just stalled no. it and stalled yeah. it. So. Oh gosh, <laughs> but, it's all right. First but you know now, like like since I've been like really competitively watching Formula One, anytime I'm I'm at a red light and it hits green, I almost I always imagine I'm at the start of like a race and I'm like, oh, there you go, and, and I slam the gas. So <laughs> it's it's really fun to hear you do it for real and have that experience in real life. It was fun, but it's so nerve wracking. No, absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. But you know, you have you had the great start, and you can even see it on the start replay that yeah. you had a really good start. You're ahead of your teammate, and then just into turn one. You know, it like is that what you always do? Is you just you're the last person to break, and and that's that's your opening move, or is that you just got lucky? Like what 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 happened there? I like <laughs> I w- I like I want to I want to say that oh I already planned that in my head that I was gonna break late yeah. and and overtake someone, but to be honest. No, <laughs> I'm gonna be really honest. Everything that I did, I just pulled it right out of my pocket. I was like, "Oh god, oh gosh!" So yeah. like, I, like I like I was I was trying to plan it before the race, but when the lights turned off, everything just like was out of the window. I was like, I was like, okay, yeah. I'll just do whatever that looks good, and I can overtake. And apparently, that was one of the things that was very successful. I break in really late and I managed to pull a move and overtake a few people. <laughs> I was going to say, it's great because, you know, in both races you were moving forwards and obviously so much hard work goes into it. But that moment, like you're saying, it just, that hard work translates into talent and you could see that on the screen. Yeah, and uh, I think that move, because you did it twice, you did it in both race starts, that move is probably like one of the best, if not the best move in the race, because nobody else managed to do something brave like that throughout the race. And I wasn't sure if it was because uh, the, it was the cars or if it was the track, but it was good to see that, you know, there's some really good, really brave moves uh, being done, you know, and I was happy to see that it was you that was driving the car. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to ask her about this when I get on the podcast. Cause that is really exciting. Um, but, you know, talking about, you know, looking at the rest of the race, it is a street track, but it's also there are some runoff areas, so it's like a hybrid street track, normal track. What did you think of the actual track? This is the first time anyone was racing in Miami. It was, it was just phenomenal. Like there was a lot of saying about a track like this and that, but the track was amazing to drive. It was one of the best feelings ever. Like 
there's there's like a very slow corner and after it was like a long straight and, and we were going in so fast and there's like sort of this feeling where you're driving a street circuit where it's mm-hmm. like a tunnel vision where yeah. all you see is walls mm-hmm. yeah. like you're just going straight and everything is like driving through muscle memory you don't really know where the runoff is you don't really know where the like you know you just turn and hope to like and pray that sure. you don't hit a wall <laughs> it's sort of like that feeling it's like so close to like it's always just so close and the yeah. littlest movements or error mistake can can cause a big damage you know hmm. like during the race at the start of race one the very first red flag was because of um alice powell she miscalculated a corner mm-hmm. and went to the wall and mm-hmm. that really shows that even the most experienced drivers do make mistakes mm-hmm. and especially in a track like this where it's not forgiving yeah. um and that's and that's just how it is like for me i learned that from from the official practice where I miscalculated miscalculated my brakes and didn't slow the car down enough and I overshot it through the exit Mm -hmm. and it cost me to spin. Thankfully, I was lucky enough to get away without any damage. I didn't hit Mm -hmm. the wall. But some of us weren't as lucky, you know. There was a Mm -hmm. lot of red flags during the race and that really just shows how, how really smooth, consistent driver you must be to be quick Mm -hmm. in a street track. After the Formula One race, I saw an interview with George Russell and he said something about the Miami track is even though it's dry, it's as if you're driving on the wet because you have to stay in this perfect line. Even if you move one inch to the side, all the grip is gone suddenly. And watching your race, you know, I was just sat at home watching it and I was like becoming stressed with all these yellow flags and red flags and safety cars. I don't know. How are you managing to psychologically cope with that when you were there? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you, have, you guys are like, oh my gosh. It's because it was my first race. So like all the other girls, they knew what to do. They knew what, to, like during a red flag or during a, no, like we had to do a race restart under a safety car, mm-hmm. like a safety car mm-hmm. restart. Like I've seen it a million times during F1, but experiencing it like on your own for like for the first time, it was just like so nerve wracking. Yeah. And, and it's just like, Everything happened during that race. You know, we had a red flag, we had a yellow a safety car, we had double yellows, we had like everything. You could like everything that could go wrong went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for for me, I was just like panicking because like I just didn't know what to do. Like during especially during the safety car restart, you know, they were telling me, Oh, the safety car is gonna go in on this lap and then there is a um a starting line and you're not allowed to pass stuff like that and and for me I like because because you know we get to talk to our our, our um, engineer and I was like ta- I was like telling my engineer what am I gonna do what do you mean <laughs> it's like yeah. oh my gosh and I was like it's like oh no but in the end I guess it really shows um like like what you said when when you know when when everything goes out the window talent comes in and I guess even though I had zero clue what I was doing I was managed I managed to pull it off I like how you keep saying you had zero clue what you were doing you were totally (laughs) panicked and you came away with points you scored points on your first ever race yeah that's huge (laughs) it's just because that's to be honest like I I would try to be you know confident and be like oh I got it you know I had it under my I had it under my belt I knew what I was doing but I did not. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but, but it was, it was fun because you know, 
not everyone gets to experience yeah. doing a standing start, like driving on their safety car. And it was it was a lot of learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm grateful now that I experienced it already so yeah. that it prepares me for the rest of the, the season that I know what to do. I know where to improve on. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially during um the, the safety car, like you would see all these drivers weaving, like warming up their tires, making sure it's all clean. And that was just like, should I do that too? <laughs> should I? Should I also do? Should I also weave around and keep my tires clean? <laughs> so I just copied what they were doing and I Excellent. did it. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so you've got this two-year contract with W Series in the Academy team, uh, and so what are you hoping to gain out of this first year? Are you trying to, you know, make your mark? You know, get world into champion. this championship stand. Yeah, world champion in your first season. <laughs> Are you trying to learn the car? Because you know, like, like Lewis Hamilton, for example, he said that when he was in the the junior series, he said, "I give myself one year to learn the car, one year to win the championship." So that that was like the the strategy he took. What what are you trying to gain out of your time in the academy? I mean, that's the goal. Like, that's why I was extremely grateful that the W series and the whole team saw so much potential in me that they put me in mm-hmm. the academy, knowing that next year will be my time to you know really get it and. Mm-hmm. And start, you know, competing for for hopefully a world championship. But mm-hmm. but but yeah. So this year it's all about learning. Mm-hmm. I I only have about three days of experience in the Formula Three car, and that's a lot less compared to all mm-hmm. the other girls that has done five years or mm-hmm. even eight. So I'm definitely trying to learn, learning the car, learning its fundamentals, also learning the engineering side of it. Because I realized that knowing the car really well from the engineering point of view helps a lot, especially with all those like clutch, the shifting, and it's like those little things that can make a really big difference. Um, And and you know, learning, gaining experience, and I guess this year I had a lot of my first, you know, Mm -hmm. first standing start, first race, first overtake, first safety car, and. And um, I'm trying to, of course, improve on those little details of trying mm-hmm. to win a race. You know, I experienced my very first 30-minute race run, yeah. and that was one of the toughest 30 minutes of my life. And it was so tough because I just didn't know how to pace myself. Mm-hmm. You know, never having driven that long for that long amount of time, you don't really know how to pace yourself on speed or your strength, you know, like you would hear a lot of drivers um, during their, um, on the radio, dump their mm-hmm. engineer telling them, oh, to coast, save the tires, mm-hmm. or to, you know, slow down a little. And for me, I just didn't know. And so I ended up kind of um, towards the end, getting a bit tired. And then I realized, oh, I didn't save my tires and all that stuff. So, you know, tire management, that's a whole another that's a whole other level of things you need to learn because yeah. it can ruin your race. And at one point, it did ruin mine a little, especially when mm-hmm. I got a flat spot during race two. And that was mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I couldn't progress up. So that's another thing for me to understand and learn how to manage a flat spot, mm-hmm. how to avoid a flat spot. So. Mm-hmm. It's all good. It's all learning. <laughs> yeah, well, you were hit from behind, so I wouldn't say it was your fault 100%. <laughs> but, yeah, certainly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, incredible weekend. And, and so you go to uh, Barcelona next, is that correct? 
Um, so Barcelona, and then we're off to Silverstone. That mm. I am very excited to Where race in Silverstone. You know, I've heard mm -hmm. the track is very, very demanding for drivers physically mm. and also technique. And I'm working on my technique of braking and carrying speed. You know, like especially the FV car, it has so much aero and downforce. Mm -hmm. And coming from karting, that's something I'm learning to learn. I'm I'm mm -hmm. trying to learn. Trusting the car, like, you know, one of my biggest issues during the race weekend was trusting the car and learning mm -hmm. that turning in with more speed keeps the car more planted to the track. And that mm -hmm. means that there is less moments for the car to lose control or to snap. And in my head, I was like, so if I go in faster, <laughs> the car won't like snap and, and in my head I was like mm, that doesn't sound safe because <laughs> like I kept having these moments in the car where I would try to slow it down going into the corner so just so that um it's more safe but yeah. in the end that gave the car more snap over steer and it, mm -hmm. it gave a bit more um the car was a bit on the edge because you know the more because of uh, this car has a turbo the car has a turbo so being on and off the throttle means that the, the turbo is on and off as well mm. and that really upsets the car a lot so i was like mm, okay that's that's new that's <laughs> yeah. new for me I'll, I'll keep that in mind <laughs> so but towards the end i i did uh, start to, to um trust the car more but obviously a lot to work on and definitely knowing the engineering side of the turbo and all that stuff and how it works helped me a mm. lot it's mm -hmm. incredible so so yeah we're off to um Silverstone, and then we're off to Paul Rickard, and mm. then to Hungary, and Japan, and then we're off to Coda. I definitely know what you mean about trusting the car to think. Obviously, nothing like you. I got to do a fun one-day thing once at Silverstone, where I got to drive around. You know the Formula Silverstone cars, which are uh, yes. know, probably around sort of Formula 4, a bit less than Formula 4, but I, I got to drive this bright orange Formula Silverstone car. And every time I came to this corner, I was realized, oh, actually, I can go faster and faster and faster. And my brain couldn't make sense of it until eventually I realized the weakest thing in this entire system is me. And actually, <laughs> no. I'm probably only pushing the car to 10% of what it can do. And I just, I couldn't get my head around how fast I could put that car through a corner. Um, that was me the whole weekend. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I, th I think you'll have an amazing time at Silverstone. It's, it's a great, great place. I'm excited. You're a big Formula One fan, and you're also a big Charles Leclerc fan, and he is yes. leading the championship for the first time in his career. How do you feel about that? Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely happy. I mean, he's worked really, really hard the past mm -hmm. few years trying to develop his craft and the car as well. And I think the car now is as you know competitive as it's ever been the past few years mm -hmm. and um unfortunately we weren't able to take home the win this weekend mm -hmm. but you know we gave it you know they gave it all their best and i really saw that he had lots of speed you know qualified pole you know one two one and two ferrari but i guess towards the end the performance started to slow down and it's it's tough it's a tough track but you know it's a long it's a long year, and there's a lot more racing, a lot more tracks to race on. I feel like people that support Ferrari are constantly <laughs> suffering. And um, I, I've 
you know, I, I've never hidden it. I've always been a big Lewis Hamilton fan. That's why I interned at McLaren back in 2008, 2009. And because Lewis isn't in the championship this year, I'm obviously still supporting him. But this year, it looks like it's going to be between Charles and Max. So I'm going to support Charles. I think if if Max didn't win last year, maybe I'd support him this year. But because he has a championship already, <laughs> yeah. I'm supporting Charles and Ferrari. And I'm starting to understand a little bit of that <laughs> Ferrari suffering of, you know, how they, they didn't win this race. And I thought they were I going know, to. Like, so so I, I, I feel it's it for crazy because well. we start off the weekend so strong. We always mm-hmm. do like FP1, FP2, yeah. FP3, quali, pole yeah. one and two. And then, you know, towards the middle of the race, after like the first pit stop, you start to feel this pain. You just know it's going to come. And yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it did. So I'm understanding yeah. that now. So how much of that was the team in the car versus the track? Because you're, you're the only one here in, in this conversation that's driven that track. You know, how much of it was the track is hard to overtake on, the track is hard to catch on? Because that's it kind of felt like that to me. I don't think that the Red Bull is so much faster than the Ferrari that Charles Leclerc can't catch up to Max Verstappen. And that's a thing, like, for Formula 1, it's very hard to, you know, to keep up on a close distance. Un- mm. Unlike us, we, 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 you know, we can manage, you know, the draft, the dirty air and everything. But I guess for Formula 1, it's it's a bit tougher for them, especially it is a very tight circuit. And I guess there was, um, tor- towards um, the last the last uh, three corners where, Mac, uh, where um, Charles went a bit too wide on the braking and he missed it and that's sort of the pinpoint where max got away mm-hmm. i guess it, it's a tough track and there's like such a long straight after every sector after every mm-hmm. corners and especially the six, fifth, 14 and 15 where it's a tight chicane and after that it's a long straight ahead so you really need to to attack it and make sure that you get a really good exit and for me that was one of the toughest part of the track because it, it was just so tight and you know and one of actually my teammate juju she she um towards uh, i think it was on um, the last corner before the long straight mm-hmm. towards the last sector she she hit a curb a bit too much yeah. and and her car went straight and she couldn't turn and she hit the wall so i guess that really shows that it is a tough circuit it's not easy to be fast on and it, it requires a lot of technique. So, mm-hmm. you know, Charles and Max are very, you know, obviously very experienced. And they were both quick. They were only, they were like the two drivers that was relevantly close to one another during the race. So, you know, just, I, and I do want to give Max a lot of credit. You know, he, he, he made a really clean pass. And mm-hmm. it's hard to overtake in Miami. It's not mm-hmm. an easy track. It's very tight. And... It, it was very clean. So, you know, as much as I hate to say it, but it's a well-deserved win. <laughs> do, you, do you think that Ferrari can keep the momentum going the entire season? Um. Yes, uh, I, I think they're still, you know, learning a lot with the car, you know, Matt, you know, Charles. It's, it's his first ever season where he's leading yeah. everything, like leading, leading the championship. It was pole and, you know, it's, they're very strong. Yeah. And I don't I don't think anyone can keep up with Charles and Max, you know. I think they're very much on their own race. So, we'll see. And anything from the weekend that really stuck out to you in particular from the race? 
Uh, from my race weekend or from F one? <laughs> e- either either race week, just from the whole weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Both. Uh, well, it was fun. That that's that's for sure. You know, having mm-hmm. Miami as your first ever race mm-hmm. was just mind blowing. Cause it was so magical, to be honest. Coming from a fan and living the that like that dream yeah. was just crazy because. During I think it was a Friday, they you know all the F1 drivers were there. They arrived at Miami, and there was this big opening ceremony, opening party, and you know the F1 drivers were called to the stage, and we we didn't know this. I didn't know this, but they called the W Series drivers yeah. as well yeah. during the the opening. Yeah, and, yeah, I and it was that. live. And it was live streamed in the F1 platform and to like basically the whole world on Sky Sports. And and I we didn't know. I I didn't know that that was going to happen. And I was the very first driver to be called out on stage. (laughs) And, you know, all the drivers kept coming. But I was the academy. The academy team was the very first one. Me and Juju was the first ones to come out. And I was just panicking. I was like. (laughs) I'm so gonna trip. I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna trip. I'm gonna humiliate myself. That's that's probably how it's gonna turn out. I mean, you know, like in my head, I was really thinking for the worst thing possible because like there was about thousands of people like there. You know, it was like Friday, and it already felt like the race weekend just because of how many people were supporting, how many people were there watching, mm-hmm. and it was this big stadium this big stage and they call us and there was this big screen and yeah and i was like oh my gosh i'm so like i'm so stressed from the whole because we were driving um because like you know we were there and i was just like i did my seat fit i did everything and i was just like i'm so not prepared for this i look terrible <laughs> and, and yeah. like thousand of people is gonna watch me and you know but it all turned out well i didn't trip I didn't embarrass myself, so that's always Excellent. a good thing. <laughs> but yeah. it was such a, a bonus, dream. Yeah, you, you. The last time you were on, the last time you were on our show, you mentioned, you know, just across your karting career that your family had been really, really supportive and helped so much. What do they yeah. think about the last three weeks that you've had and all these amazing things it's that you've been doing? It's crazy because I'm so busy, like. It's just crazy how this my schedule is like with all the racing and all these things to do and you know so now I really appreciate the free time I have like before back then I'd always take it for granted whenever I have free time you know mm-hmm. and and now I rarely have it I really have my my me time you know my time to relax or have fun or like talk to my family so whenever I do get a chance mm. to call with my parents you know see my dog see yeah. my family it's always just like the best feeling in the world. Like I, I feel bad now. We're keeping you from your family <laughs> no. and your dog. <laughs> no, no, you guys are sort of family as well. You know, I, I, it's so it's good. Yeah. I enjoy talking to you guys. <laughs> Thank but, you. But but yeah, it's it's such a great feeling. You know, like especially after the race after Miami, my parents called me and. We were on FaceTime and I just saw them like crying, so proud because, you know, I announced that I was I was in the top 10 and I yeah. scored my first yeah. ever 
points in the yeah. W series in yeah. my first ever race, and they were just like crazy. Like the whole house, you know, yeah. like yeah. friends, family, neighbors. They were just like even people that I, I don't know <laughs> that were like congratulating me and everything. And it's a great feeling, like the amount this the amount of support that I got. In my in Miami, in the Philippines, and everywhere around the world, all the Filipino people, they were so supportive. They were mm-hmm. they throughout, you know, through ticket like thick and thin, and and so during after the race, we had a fan signing, mm-hmm. and the and the whole line was all Filipino coming to just, just <laughs> get my signature, and I was just like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, That's it was amazing. it was crazy. Like they brought the Philippine flag and everything, and you know wow. all these kids. And there was even a point where one of them, the, one of them, the girl fainted because of the heat in Miami. Oh, like wow. it was just oh, no. extremely so hot, and I felt so bad that they, you know, had to line up so long and stand in the heat. But yeah, it was a fun experience. <laughs> I don't think you should underestimate because i know you're working so so hard you're training you're focusing on your your own career and your own driving so much but these other things you know a long long time ago when i was your age (laughs) that's when i started watching lewis hamilton and you know it was a big deal because formula one is generally all like white guys and to see someone different when i was your age was a huge thing to me and just like that now there's going to be so many little girls and so many asian people that are going to be so inspired by what you're doing I, I think you should be really, really proud of that. I mean, I sometimes I still, um, you know, I I kind of, like, I never really think of how much I've, in, like, just, br- like, brought racing up to the to the Asian community. You know, they would mm. tell me, I, oh, I started watching Formula One because of you. I started watching W Series. I started doing, you know, and you inspired me so much, like, in my head. I never really thought of how big it is effect that a big effect that i have on other people and and it was such such like mind-blowing knowing that there's so many people watching and supporting and i get to inspire them to pursue what they want regardless of you know the race ethnicity gender even so it's it's an amazing it's it's a crazy feeling and i feel like i feel even if no like I feel empowered as a woman knowing that I get to inspire other people and other young girls hmm. to live out their dreams and to push and pursue their passion. Um, I just want to show you these things. We've got a little track. So this is Miami, where you just drove. And this is Barcelona, where you're going to go drive. And I can see behind you on the wall, you've got yep, Laguna Seca. all the racetracks. And then the other ones, what, there's Watkins Glen there. Yep. There's... All the other American <laughs> mm. ones looks amazing. So just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Little Prince 3D, who print these for us. Um, if you want to get your hands on one, make sure you visit their site. We'll link it to the show notes here and use the discount code Slow Pitstop. And uh, yeah, Bianca will be sending you some as well so oh, that you can add them to the collection behind you. Know, I had a, <laughs> you know, Arafat, I had a dream last night. Well, not last night, a couple nights ago, that so many people bought those 3D printed tracks that Little Prince 3D sent us more free tracks to give away. So if you're listening and you haven't bought your track yet, make my dream come true and buy yourself a track <laughs> from Little Prince 3D. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Bianca, thank you so much for joining us today. We will be watching the W Series in Barcelona. We will be supporting you 100%. And we're so excited to see where your career goes next. And we hope we get to chat to you again later this year. Thank you guys for listening to all my stories. Uh, I enjoyed it. (laughs) So we just heard from Bianca Bustamante, the Academy driver for W Series. Uh, and she, I mean, you know, I felt when she was talking, I felt like I was in the car driving. Yeah, that was so surreal. And, uh, it's, it's like a normal person. Like she she's downplays so the fact. She's so down. She exactly. downplays how good she is. Yeah. And I remember from last time, she wakes up at like 4am and trains at the gym Yeah, and she works so, so, so hard. And you know, she's 17. She comes yeah. across so eloquent, so mm-hmm. intelligent, like at 17, I had no idea what was going on. I was just sat playing Assassin's Creed, um, you know, barely like showering, let alone training properly. <laughs> but um, what's crazy is like, so, like she has racing experience, but like when she talks about being in this first race weekend, it's like it's, it's the first time ever. Like it's as yeah. if one of us was in a Formula yeah, 3 car, exactly. but she knows She's how to so, do this. So, so down to earth, yeah. so humble, but so yeah. talented at the same time. Yeah. But, you know, Bianca is a Ferrari fan. She felt some pain this weekend. But I don't think anyone felt pain the way we felt pain. Or the way you you felt anger. Normally, after a race, like, I remember feeling sad. Like, 2016, or if Lewis loses a race, or... I'm not going to talk about last year. But, (laughs) (laughs) like, I feel... I felt sad after races. But often... I think maybe just with the pandemic and with work, working in a hospital with people that have COVID and all these things, I've I've always kept perspective on things and gone, yeah. it's just a race. Whereas actually after that, I don't know why, I was just so angry. I couldn't sleep. Yeah. And then I went to work the next day and I was agitated at work the whole day because yeah. I was still really upset by Lewis's strategy. And I was like, he should have pitted onto softs. I, it doesn't really bother me that he came behind George because like... What are they fighting for? They just need to try and make that car fast. But it was just Mercedes' total lack of decisiveness. The, like, what is going on? You know, I've got a friend. I think I told you about him, but he is, like, very casually into Formula 1. He only watches a race, like, every now and then. So he was watching Miami. It's the first race he's seen all season. And as soon as, you know, it's time for Lewis to go in and, and George to go in, he's like, oh, Mercedes should double stack. And I was like, yes, I agree. And, like, if even he can say that Mercedes should double stack, I yeah. don't know why Mercedes is what they are thinking of. But it's not just this race. It's this season and last season. There's so many strategy mistakes. And it's like we don't have the car to hide the strategy mistakes anymore. So it's just exactly. so frustrating to see things like this happen and play yeah. out. And I think, I think they've always been too conservative on strategy. Yeah. And they need to just go a bit more aggressive. I don't know what's happening. And you look at this. You know, like, like a team like Williams mm-hmm. is... You know, they're right at the back. They didn't have the car. But what they could do, they did. You know, Mm -hmm. they tried as hard to get the fastest pit stops possible. Mm -hmm. The best strategy, even if they're fighting in last place. Um, And that's the thing. If Mercedes doesn't have the car, they need to make their pit stops faster than Red Bull. They need to make the strategy better than the I know. How are we still pulling off, like, we still have 3.5 second pit stops. It's, like, Mm. unacceptable for our team. But you know, I wanted to ask you. So we debuted the first front plate or front front wing, a new front wing this year, and a new uh, this race, and a new rear wing, uh, and a new beam wing. I think a mm. beam wing. 
And Toto Wolf said, if it brings us closer to the front, then we'll bring an even bigger update package to Barcelona. And if not, we're going to give up for the year. He made it very high stakes. What do you think was the result of this weekend? So, the fact that they were fast on Friday, and so many journalists have said, no, no, that pace was genuine. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't like a low-fuel glory run or anything. That was genuine pace. And then suddenly it evaporated. They had to fiddle with the ride height again. And I think there's external factors affecting it as well. You know, temperature, fuel load, uh, humidity, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't understand um, aerodynamics. You're going to have to go to Sky Sports and watch Bryson. Yeah. If you want to know more about aerodynamics. But I think it's so... It's got such a narrow operating window that they don't even understand how to get it there yet. Um, and it's got advantages going for it. You know, the fact that it doesn't turn its tires on quick enough actually mm-hmm. helps it to preserve its tires during the race. They don't mm-hmm. shred through them. Um, so there are strengths in this car if they can just unlock it. I think they will continue to go down this development pathway. Yeah. The other problem is, even if they get to a point where they go, actually, this concept while it may have been right in theory, in practice doesn't work. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to understand why it's not working. Mm -hmm. Because if your tools... Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, whether it's your wind tunnel, your CFD, your computer programs, whatever, if those things are not able to explain or give you the answers of how to build a good car, then why would the next concept... Yeah, and and, and I think that's their big problem right now is they're not seeing the track results in their simulator. So they can't correlate that. So I think their tools are not good enough to build the car, if that makes sense. And when I say tools, I don't mean hammers and nails. No, no, no. They're electronic tools, yeah. So I, for all of our listeners, I just want you guys to know I have completely given up hope and I have written off the season. And in my mind, nothing between now and December counts. And I'm just looking forward to next March. Well, one thing counts for me. So Lewis Hamilton holds a record that no other driver has, which is he has won a race in every season he has ever competed in in Formula One. My only hope for this year is that he wins at least one race to keep that record going. As each race goes on, my hopes fade. But that is the only (laughs) hope I have for this year. I think he can do that. Other than that. Yeah. yeah, I think he can. I really, really hope he can. I'm still going to... St- I said at the beginning of this year, Lewis Hamilton will win Monaco. I'm going to stick by that and hope. With regards to the championship, I'm going to go Charles Leclerc just for the thing of... Not that he's an underdog, but, you know, Verstappen already has a championship. So because yeah. Charles has zero, I want him to win. If it was the other way around, if Charles had already had a championship, maybe I would have been supporting Max, but... For championship, I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna learn what it's like to be Tifosi this year. <laughs> but as a so Lewis I, Hamilton fan, I need him to win. Did I tell you my story of when I met a Tifosi in the mall? I have to tell you this. What I was happened? in the mall with my sister, and uh, I had my Mercedes shirt on because it was uh, mm-hmm. like the day before the race. And I'm walking through the mall, and some guy walks across me, and he has a Ferrari shirt on. And first of all, in America. For two people who are Formula 1 fans to just casually yeah. walk into each other. Extremely rare. And we both locked eyes. And we had like a little like Wild Wild West moment. And I, we had nice. like a moment. We stared at each other. And then he was the first one to break eye contact. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Keep walking. Keep walking. We don't have a good car. But you keep walking. <laughs> it was pretty, you need it was to carry fun. slow pit stop business cards. You should have handed him one. See if you can make him a fan. 
uh, I don't think he'd be a fan of our <laughs> of our podcast. <laughs> We're way too Mercedes biased, but that's okay. Uh, I'll, f- I'll try to find that guy and be like, I support yeah. you. I am also Tifosi this year. I'm yeah. also trying to. Um, we, we shall learn the Italian pain. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think Ferrari can actually pull ahead this year because Red Bull is still having reliability problems. Like Max Verstappen didn't take part in FP3. Sergio mm. Perez was losing power in the race. It's mm. not solved yet. They haven't solved it. And so I don't know if, if Max can keep up the, the momentum that he has. You know, with his car, it would be really impressive, but I don't know that he can. So I do think Charles still has the uh, the edge going into the, the further races. So I, I hope to see him be world champion because then Lewis can come back next year and win his eighth and ninth and, and tenth, and then he can retire. Ten championships. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. my dream. <laughs> we also need to get to 200 podiums. We're on 183, is it? Oh, I know. So 200 yeah. podiums he needs to get to. It's funny because, like, with this podium that Max just got, he was, like, in the top 10 for most podiums ever. He has, like, 63 or 64. Yeah. And Lewis has, like, 183. And it just kind of yeah. t- tells you. But, you know what? I, I think, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how we'll see how it goes the next few races. I, I think hopefully we can do it. If not this year, then for sure by next year. Yeah. We have a F1 fantasy winner. Who is our fantasy oh, league it winner? It was someone called Ingrid, who we need to find. Her team. The team. What is the team name? The team is called Ooh 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 Ooh. Watcha Sains. Is that Sains. really what it's called? I think it's Ooh Watcha Sains. That is a genius <laughs> name. That is so much better than anything I could have thought of. We need to hire this person for creative names. So it's Ingrid B. You got 317 points at wow. Miami. And we will be sending you a 3D printed track of the Miami circuit if you can Ooh. find get us. into our DMs and send us your information. Yeah, sl- slide into our DMs, Ingrid. Slide into our DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I want to find out. Let's see real quick where we finished because I'm sure it is not high. I would have probably done terrible. So for Miami... Uh, I I keep scrolling every time I keep scrolling it's it's even worse I forgot to update my team I'd left my team as what it was okay so I finished 30th and you finished 31st yay next to each other next to each other (laughs) I want to see where Adam finished Adam from from Canada yes Adam from Canada oh he finished 13th that's not bad good for you Adam it's all these Red Bull supporters getting their match I know, for get stacking it. points. I, my team is stacked with Red Bull. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing wrong. <laughs> no, oh, do well. you know, I had um, Kevin Magnussen and Ocon in my team. So Ocon got a couple of points. Obviously, you, K-Mag. You've got a pity Ocon in your team? Huh? You've got a pity Ocon in your team? Yes, yeah. a pity Ocon in my team. <laughs> I think I need to start putting some McLaren drivers in. McLaren is... Well, how do they finish today actually oh Lando Norris crashed out Ricardo at the points and uh yeah Lando in a wall all right you know what yeah let's not put any McLaren drivers no. <laughs> I think the smart move is go as heavy as you can on Red Bull and Ferrari yeah and then yeah. fill the rest of the slots with your pity drivers yeah I'm gonna put a pity Mick Schumacher in there oh <laughs> uh, yeah because he might not be in the fantasy league next year yeah but it'll be nice to replace him with Oscar it'll Piastri. be it'll be an interesting experiment and how far can a name carry you? Because if it wasn't him, I would be almost certain that Piastri will take his seat next year. Well, you know, he's not bad. Like, there, we have bad. had much worse drivers. Nicholas Latifi yeah. is a worse driver. I think it's just circumstance. Like, you know, 
he has to perform better. I'm yeah. gonna, you know, he's gonna lose his seat. Um, does Piastri have sponsors? Who is his sponsor? Uh, Renault Alpine. The the team will pay for him to get into Haas. Yeah, because oh. otherwise he's gonna leave them. Oh, for yeah, for somebody else. So their their options are to go into Haas or into Williams. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, I hope he gets a seat next year. I hope Mick doesn't lose his seat, but. Bye bye Latifi then. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Latifi needs to go. You know he didn't bring out a red a red flag this this yeah. uh, weekend. So good for go him. Through a whole race. But the... <laughs> That's because he didn't see Mercedes in an advantageous position, so he didn't feel the need to crash. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah. I'm just I'm just kidding, people. You know, don't send him hate mail on Twitter. I'm just joking. It's a joke. <laughs> It was nice talking to you, Arfa. We have not talked to each other since the last race before Imola. We were I both know. doing life things. Um, mm. Yeah. But I'm glad that we got to have this. And all of our listeners get to listen along to our group therapy session. Exactly. When is the next race? When is Barcelona in two weeks? So when is, when is two, so weeks two weeks from now? So yeah. no Grand Prix this weekend? No. So maybe we'll do uh, something else. Maybe we'll do Donuts and Drivers. I think we should. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Arfa, do you want to share the uh, social media handles for Bianca so other people can follow her? Remember to follow us at Slow Pit Stop on Instagram, Twitter, and the other one the kids use, TikTok. TikTok. (laughs) Yes. Guys, you have to go to TikTok to see the content Arfa has been putting out. Just know that it's all him and not me, and you can see what a man in his 30s is doing to appeal to Gen Z. Please, even if you don't have a TikTok, Go to our TikTok <laughs> and look at the content this man has been putting I think out. It's good. <laughs> I don't know why you think it's so bad. It's not bad. It's just ridiculous. It's. <laughs> did you make it when you were when you had like a fever, like a hundred and three degree fever, and you put? I don't know. <laughs> at TikTok at slow pit stop. You guys just yeah. have to go look at what he's been doing. Uh, and then, what are Bianca's social media handles? So Bianca is at RacerBia on Twitter and she's at DarkHorse underscore Bia on Instagram. And she's also at RacerBia on Instagram as well. She's got yeah. two accounts two there. Accounts. Yeah. If you, you, she's doing this project with Dark Horse NFTs. I don't understand NFTs, but I also don't understand radiators and clutches and other basic things. So if you are into crypto and NFTs and you want to partner with Bianca, uh, she's doing a, a partnership with Dark Horse right now. So you can go there and... Uh, I guess buy an NFT. I don't know what you do with NFTs. Do you frame them and put them on a wall? I don't know. No, it's non-fungible. Yes. What does fungible mean? I'm out what of the fungible? loop. Well, tells you how little I know about NFTs. But if you guys know about NFTs, go over to Dark Horse and uh, do whatever you do with an NFT with Bianca. Buy it, I guess. Invest in them. I don't know. <laughs> what is investing? What is a clutch? What is a paddle shifter? That should be the name of the episode. What is a clutch? Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, we will be back for the Barcelona Grand Prix, and maybe we'll have an episode in the meantime. Goodbye. This has been a production for Not That Good Media.